I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, May 30, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. I think the market's sitting at a very, very important price zone right here, right now. The end result is going to be the same either way. However, in the short run, the market can go either direction. We're going to take a look at a bucket full of charts. That's going to help us decipher, put some puzzle pieces on the table, get the clear picture of what's going on in the short term, in the intermediate term, and in the longer term. Speaking of longer term, we can start there and work backwards. Did anything change from yesterday? Do we need to change our outlook on the longer term from what we discussed just last night? And the answer is no. Why? Because nothing happened today. At the end of the day, the market just meandered back and forth and it didn't go anywhere. It stayed in a pretty narrow range, all things considered, that were in somewhat of an expanded volatility state. The S&P was down about six points today. So really nothing happened at the end of the day. Let's move on to what we do know. We know a handful of things. We know 278.50 is important. How do we know that? Here's a five-minute chart. We talked about the same price yesterday. It was important yesterday. It's important today. We gapped up this morning and we came right down to check back in at 278.50. Got below it by a few pennies, but didn't stay there very long. Tried to rally away from it in the northern direction. They couldn't get anything going on the upside. They fell back down to where? 278.50, almost to the penny. The low here happens to be 278.49. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences. They broke down. Get everybody excited on the short side. What happened then? They reversed the market and had a little kind of micro rip-your-face-off rally into the end of the day. Now, this looks like a big deal on a five-minute chart because it is a big deal on a five-minute chart. It's the same 10 to 15-point moves that we were discussing yesterday. Same routine applied today for the most part. When you look at the highs and you look at where the market found lows, we were in a similar range like yesterday. Does it mean anything? No, it doesn't mean anything. Let's go back to the daily chart. Let's talk about what does mean some stuff. 278.50. So the market closed above that price today. That's not necessarily all out bearish just yet. As long as they stay above that, the market can certainly experience some upside momentum. Where would they go on the upside? Well, let's talk about that for a second. There's a few things working around here, so let's take them one by one. A, there's a gap left open from the other day. We made a run for that gap today, but they actually came up short. Now, we've read this book before, so the gap is 280.15. We made a high today of 280.04. So they missed the target or they missed the gap and they fell away. So we've read this book before in this sense. It's one of two things. I wish we knew exactly which one it was, but it's one of two things. Either it's a sign of weakness and they're actually going to have more selling and an acceleration on the downside. And that would likely coincide with 
a gap down tomorrow. What's the other side of that? What's the bull case? That was the bear case. What's the bull case? The bull case is they make another attempt to go fill the gap, but instead of just filling the gap and falling away, they fill the gap and they keep going higher or a little bit farther. And that's your Friday, end of the week, end of the month, possible shenanigans that we have to watch out for. The weekly closes are important. The monthly closes are more important than the weekly closes. Daily closes are important. Weekly closes are 5x daily closes. Monthly closes are 4x weekly closes. So each and every time you go up a time frame on the chart, those closes become more and more important. So tomorrow is extremely important. It's the end of May. It's the end of the week. It's going to be indicative of things to come. But here's the deal. The market is designed to trick, trap, fool, and frustrate as many traders and investors as much of the time as possible. So we're coming into the end of the month. Maybe they want to make it look like one thing's going to happen and something else takes place. So we're going to beware of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, and we're going to know a couple of things that are important. There's a gap above. If they're going to fill the gap, they can certainly keep going. And if they did, what would be the next likely scenario that would play out maybe into next week over the next several days for argument's sake? Well, what you could see happening is the market could put in a bear flag pattern down here like this. So this could take a few more days or the market could put in more of a wedge pattern, which is really the same thing. And they can go and test somewhere around the high of this breakdown candle and guess what that happens over and over and over again and look what would happen so just picture this for argument's sake they actually do that let's say that takes two three four days into next week into the first part of june what would also be happening simultaneously is that the 20 period moving average would be sloping down into price so by the time you got up there if you got up there you're meeting the 20 period moving average and the breakdown candle high, which would be a natural area of overhead resistance. Is this a possibility? Sure, it's a possibility. The first day of every month, not all the time, but a lot of the time can be a bullish day of the month. There is money flow on that day that goes into the market. It's not a secret. I don't have a patent on that information. That just is what it is. We don't necessarily use that information to trade with, but we'd like to know about that information because in this example, if in fact the market actually goes up tomorrow, stays flat, slightly positive, is rising, not falling, they fill the gap. If they finish the week out in the green, you could look for a start to next week, potentially also in the green. All this is really dependent on what happens at the opening bell Friday morning. So the flip side of that is we're gapping lower for argument's sake and all bets are off to the upside and we have to look south and we begin looking at the horizontal green trend lines, 274 and change, 270.50. Again, these are generally plus or minus about 50 cents on either side. And then we'll also keep in mind, and we've discussed this a few times before, these numbers are certainly subject to change 
depending on what the market does over the next several days, for example. If the market dropped tomorrow or Monday or even Tuesday into one of these price areas, we would be looking for the market to find some stability down there unless it was an all-out trapdoor opening. Look out below. Everybody's running for the exit at the same time. What would actually happen, not that I'm expecting this, but what would actually happen if 270.50 didn't work? Well, then for whatever reason, the market's in free fall and you're looking at at least another 50 handles in the S&P, five points in the SPY. That's certainly not an expectation, but at some point in time, we are going to wake up to a big gap down. We talked about it yesterday. We're going to wake up to a big gap up. We're also going to wake up to a big gap down. It's going to happen. It's coming. You don't know when. You don't know what day. Could be a Monday morning. Could be a Friday morning. Could be any morning. Trying to pick which morning? It's like chasing a chicken around. You can't do it. By the way, a couple of things. We'll just get out of the lane for a second and we'll do two things. Number one is discuss real briefly inside the numbers. I'm going to spare you going over everything tonight. But what I will tell you is, again, from an SPY slash S&P E-mini futures perspective, we're pretty much on the money from the get-go in the morning, where the resistance levels are, where the important numbers are, where the pivot is, what we're doing around the pivot, and the next important numbers, and so on and so forth. Traders are making money. Get a lot of messages throughout the day. Once in a blue moon, and I did it today, I send out a little inspirational message to the email list just to let you know that it is possible. Large account, small account, medium account, makes no difference. A win is a win. Compounding is compounding, and we all have to start somewhere. All right, out of that lane, but back to a different lane. Let me also pause here and thank everybody who participates. Thank everybody for posting comments underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I feel about bantering back and forth. I love it. So that being said, if it's worthy, but only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with absolutely anybody you think can benefit from knowing this type of information. Back to business. Okay, so we've discussed the possible upside, the possible downside, We have to wait to see what kind of decision the market's going to make leading into Friday. Maybe it's meandering around 278.50 again. That's certainly a possibility. But we have to talk about all the possibilities. Up, down, and nowhere. So now we've done that. Let's get a little bit more detailed and go down from the daily chart. We don't look at this one a lot. I look at this one, though, the 240-minute chart. A couple of things can be said for this chart. A, they're fighting the 200-period moving average. That's pretty apparent. But what do I like to do? I like to focus in the first thing that my eye is drawn to, and that first thing was really a bear flag pattern. Okay, so I want to take note of this, and I want to notice that, generally speaking, these play out like this. So we're going to see another downward move out of this flag pattern. However, the risk of flag patterns is what it is. Bull flag patterns, bear flag patterns. Risk reward. When they play out, they're pretty predictable. But the risk is high because they're still technically active all the way up and down the flagpole. 
it changes from a flag pattern to something else. We call it whatever you want to call it. Call it a bear wedge pattern or a bullish wedge pattern. But what happens is it doesn't necessarily take the bigger picture off the table. It just changes the pattern that's developing on what we'll say is a micro scale. Same discussion from the daily chart. This gap hasn't been filled. If they run up to try and fill the gap, they're unlikely to stop at that gap. That's more of an opinion. That's not really from a technical perspective. That's from the camp of, we've read this book before. It's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew faking out trying to get to the gap today, coming up short, making it look like the market's weak, and maybe it is. Maybe that flag pattern plays out tomorrow to the downside. However, we have to be aware of the other side. The other side is, if it looks like they're going to go and get the gap early in the morning, beware of the gap and go. Just saying. 120-minute chart, do we see anything different, anything materially change when we bring up this chart? No, it's the same flag pattern. What about the hourly chart? Does anything change when we take a look at the hourly chart? Well, a little bit changes. We have that tail candle from yesterday. We have the tail candle and the retracement from yesterday. We talked about it. This stuff is taught in the course. And guess what? It's still active. It worked. The market went higher from that tail candle. We talked about it last night. If you're new or you don't remember, go back and watch Wednesday's video. Now what did we do? We also closed above this breakdown candle high, 279.36. Closed above it here, 279.70, back below. It's inconclusive one way or the other. We can say they closed above and then they came back to fill the gap and they're now going higher. That was nothing more than a simple consolidation type arrangement. That's the bull case. And as long as we stay above 278.50, that's valid. That's active. So you see what happens when you look at different charts, you see different things. That's why we have to look at a lot of different charts. The short-term picture doesn't always give you the longer-term picture and vice versa. How about if we slice that down in half and take a look at a half an hour chart? We don't look at this one a lot, but this is really telling us the same picture. Came down to fill the gap. Headed back up, you can see 278.50 is important. Use that as a bogey. Closing hourly below 278.50 is negative. Closing hourly above 278.50 is positive, at least in the short term. Gap below it Friday morning, probably not good. What's doing over in Camp IWM? The IWM made a lower low today, but ended up closing well off the low, but this is still a very bearish chart. But you have to keep something in mind. Look at the amount of space in between the moving averages and where price is now. So the moving averages, it's debatable. We can just pick a number and say it comes in at, or they come in at, around 153, 154, up in that neighborhood. That's a long way from where we are. If there was a spark that lit the market on the upside, remember, we're going to get rip-your-face-off rallies. They're going to come across all the markets, IWM, the S&P, the Dow, the Qs, you name it, everything will go. A rising tide will lift all boats. We all know that. And this is all in the spirit of 
They never make it that easy. And here's what I'm referring to. Let's say that happens. So the market came down and they rally back up to test the moving averages. And let's say they find overhead resistance and they fall away again. This is a big move from down here to up here. And it may take, let's just say for argument's sake, a week. Maybe less, maybe more, but things are changing. The conversation is different during that period of time. Traders short the market down here and they will cover as the market's riding back up north above or into these moving averages and then it'll go back down and they'll try and short the market again at lows once again. That's improper. That's not how it's done. It's called shorting in the hole we've talked about this before sometimes you'll win sometimes you'll be right doing that the majority of times you end up getting whipped out of the trade by the way the iwm this is the hourly chart the iwm from an intraday perspective today was weak it was showing relative weakness against the s p 500 compare the two charts Look where the IWM found low late in the day. This was 3.30 in the afternoon. The low was 147.04. But the point is the comparison. Look at the chart. The SPY was not making a new low at the time. It was actually making a higher low. Something's disconnected. There are divergences. The market's always telling the story. Our job is to assemble the pieces of the puzzle to put together enough of the story to give us the clear picture that we need. At the end of the day, on close, the IWM was still against the S&P 500 weak, relative weakness. But it did have one heck of a bounce or rally off those lows into the end of the day. Here's a five-minute chart, and you can see in a five-minute chart the magnitude of what happened leading into the end of the day, and you can see here that may not be done just yet. This may want to push higher if we get some kind of spark Friday morning that at least keeps the market not negative. We're likely to see higher prices, and I don't just mean by a point or two. The big fat round psychological number of 2800 in the S&P 500 still isn't that far away and it makes total sense that they'll want to make a run for that try and get above it try and push above it we're going to need some kind of spark in order to make that happen this of course is barring the other side which is a gap down and here's the answer as I know the question some of you are asking well which one is it going to be we don't know which one it's going to be what I'm trying to do is prepare us for whichever one does occur. About the VIX. The VIX was down today. The market was up slightly today. That makes sense. We're still above these moving averages. So nothing has really changed in the VIX from everything we discussed last night. No change, period, full stop. What do we have down at the transportation department? We have the same thing we had in Camp IWM. The charts look very, very similar. They're operating very similar to each other. So the hourly chart of the transports looks something different from the IWM that we just looked at. Similar is the fact that they did make a new low when the S&P 500 was making a higher low. However, this doesn't necessarily look bullish. This looks like it wants to go in the downward direction. That would be 
south. Again, same rule applies. We're going to get rip-your-face-off rallies. The question is, where do they come from? When do they come about? Are we going to get one tomorrow? Are we going to get a gap down tomorrow? Are we going to get a rip-your-face-off rally next Wednesday? We can't anticipate when those type of things happen. We can only do two things. Either be positioned in advance... For example, in a trending market, in this case, we have a downtrending market. So I'm looking for lower prices over the longer term, but completely aware that we're going to get the rip-your-face-off rallies. Therein lies the reason why I discussed previously, and I discuss a lot, we take profit along the way. What happens if we get a rip-your-face-off rally in the transports or the IWM comes all the way back up into these type of areas? Well, you can short it again because it's not going to just run away. And if it is going to run away, we'll know more about it at the time. If we get above the moving averages, we'll be discussing it. Is that likely or unlikely? Right now, it's unlikely. They can certainly rally back up to at least the underside of the 100 period moving average, but it's unlikely that they're going to actually get above all the moving averages. We just go with what's normal garden variety common sense. How about the triple Qs, the NASDAQ 100 proxy? Looks the same as the SPY, same story, different chart. All this is going to boil down to the weekly close. It always does. How about the XLF or the financials across the board today? This was an interesting scenario. The financials were one of the weaker markets out here today, but they did recover. They did not make a lower low. The IWM made a lower low. The transports make a lower low. They finished off the lows. The XLF and the SPY do not make lower lows and finish off the lows. They make higher lows. I know this is confusing, but you can imagine what's going on inside my head. Needless to say, there's a lot going on. And that not only applies to in my head, but it applies to the markets. You can see as I run through all these different charts, you can see the divergences. You can see we're sitting on very important price zones. We can be sitting on some precipices. Take the XLF, for example, right here. Right on these moving averages, something is going to take place sooner or later. Remember, it's the market's job to trick, trap, fool, and frustrate as many people as possible. They never make it easy. Our job is to put the story together. We're working on it. The SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. 98.50 was yesterday's bogey. It was the bogey the day before that and the day before that. That low has hold. We have yet to close below that low. Watch this. Look at the close here. The number is 98.55. No accidents, no coincidences. Next day, 98.88. Today, 99.64. Somehow, some way, the market knows about that number. So if the market knows about it, I want to know about it. If I know about it, you know about it. And it's not that you have to trade the SMH. What I'm doing when I point these things out is I'm providing information that can be applied to a lot of different charts. So when we discuss the SMH and we do a little pseudo lesson, it can be applied to anything, a commodity, another stock, anything whatsoever. 
We all know that. I just like to repeat it every now and again. Here's the hourly chart of the SMH. What does this look like? Well, this looks like we have yet to close below the breakup candle right here. So that's another interesting one. So the hourly chart staying above the low of this breakup candle, which happily coincides with the 20 period moving average. What a coincidence. As long as price stays above there, it looks like it wants to go higher. If we can get above this 50 period moving average, which also ironically enough coincides right around the area of 100.51, which is the breakup candle high, then you'll end up seeing price going to fill this gap up here, 101.67 and so on and so forth. That's the way the market works. If it's not going in one direction, it's likely going in the other. Markets don't stay flat for very long. Just look at any chart and you'll see it's uncommon for us to see a flat line chart. So it's either going in one direction or another. I know on the surface that sounds like Captain Obvious, but there's more than meets the eye sometimes. So look at it like this. If we're not going to get below the low of this breakup candle, then what are we going to do? We're going to go in the other direction. They're going to release the energy in the northern direction. If they get below and close below the low of that breakup candle, same routine, just looking in a mirror, flipped upside down. That's it. One of those two things is going to happen. How about we discuss the bond market? For now, we'll use TLT. The bond market is obviously screaming higher. So what's going on? Bond price is going up. That means yields are going down. If yields are going down, that's generally coinciding with trouble in the stock market. Well, we do have some trouble in the stock market. But the question is, is the bond market on the rise, continuing to be on the rise, even through the close today? Very strong finish to the day. Here's the hourly chart. Is this trying to tell us something? Is it signaling something? It may be. The problem is... That signal may not show up tomorrow morning, but it certainly is signaling something. And here we go again with the weekly and monthly close. Watch what I'm going to show you now. For this, we'll actually use the bond market, the 30-year treasury bond futures contract. This is the weekly chart. You can see where we are. It looks like we're either going to be rejected at double top or break out from a double top area. It's the weekly close tomorrow. This is a weekly chart. You see how important this is. It's also the monthly close. Here's a monthly chart. Look at this pivot high here. Happens to be 152.23. Where are we right now? 152.20. This is a monthly chart. Each candle represents a month's worth of trading activity. This is a monthly high. It'll be very interesting to see where we close the week and the month in the bond market tomorrow. It will be, in my opinion, very, very telling of what's coming next. Back to the TLT for a second, but we're still on the monthly chart. And those of you that have been around a while will remember this. We were at 111.50, 112.00 in that neighborhood. I said it doesn't matter, 112, 112.50, 111.50. It's not going to make a difference. That's the buy zone. When did we start talking about that? We started talking about that when price was up here. It then began to decline. We knew the number. That was the buy zone. I know there were a lot of traders 
that picked up the TLT down there or some kind of like vehicle that took advantage of a rally in the bond market. The question is, and I don't know the answer, how many of them actually still have it? This is the 30-year yield. It's the opposite the bond market. I just wanted to give us the other look. Here's the 10-year yield. Same chart, it's just the 10-year as opposed to the 30-year. A lot of professional traders do their benchmarking off the 10-year treasury note. And guess what? Remember all the discussion about the Fed raising interest rates. That was the discussion last year, and that was the discussion all throughout the first quarter of this year. I don't think that's what the bond market is indicating at present. Once again, most people are wrong most of the time. Mutual fund managers, hedge fund managers, Fed presidents, they're all the same. The market, and it doesn't matter what market we're discussing, but the market does a fantastic job of sucking everybody in to the wrong trade at the wrong time. We know that, we talk about it all the time, and that's a great place to leave it tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.